And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. Disney won't stop. Hope Molinex and Chris Honeywell have finished Clone Wars twice and Rebels once. Now they move on to Resistance and beyond. I'm Gene Gene, the MC Machine, and this is J-Guys and Jedi. Hi everyone, welcome to a brand new episode of J-Guys and Jedi, a weekly podcast covering every episode of Star Wars Resistance. In this episode, Poe and Kaz investigate a location in the unknown regions that might be central to the First Order's plot. There will be Widowmakers, Kaz and Poe play asteroids, and droids. In space! We are talking about the core problem this week. How you doing, Chris? Good. It's been an exciting day here in Georgia. A tornado went through Atlanta, so that was fun. <laughs> Everyone's okay. Um, at least, well, let me rephrase this. The people I know are okay, sadly, that one person has died already. But. That doesn't seem too bad for a. Hurricane going, to go going through to the, the middle, middle of a major, major, city. major American city. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's tragic so. for that one person, but. I did. Uh, you'll be happy to know that I got the Thrawn book, the new Thrawn book, and I immediately ignored it because I discovered a webcomic that I binged in four days, and now I'm reading <laughs> the, the new Thrawn book. Oh. I, I'm I sure know. I'll hear all about it. <laughs> uh, these, these ascendancy books, man. The, the, so far, the first two Ascendancy books, they're just all the things I don't like in Thrawn books, so they're just not holding my attention. But luckily for this, I'm going to be speaking on Arzu's show. Um, Arzu, who was on our High Republic episode, she's invited me to speak on her Thrawn episode, which will be out in a few weeks, and you can check that out over at Space Waffles. So mm-hmm. we'll, it's going to be me, her, and Hannah, and we're going to be uh, talking all things Thrawn. Nice link. Yeah, nice plug there. Yeah, well, she it's a new show, so and I'm I'm very excited for Arzu, and she's been on our show just a few weeks ago, so yeah. But I more just like you you slid that in there perfectly because this was uh, this is usually the part in the beginning of the show where you go, this is a new Thrawn book. I don't want to say too much about it, then you talk about it, but this time you turned it into a plug ago. But I'll be talking about it here. (laughs) What a pro! Oh my god! I'm getting better at that self promotion stuff. (laughs) But yeah. Check out our new show, Space Waffles. It's part of the Geeky Waffle Network, and we like our ge- Geeky Waffles because Candace has been on the show here, too. All we're missing is Brie and Vanessa, and then we'll have all the waffles. We'll have every waffle. <laughs> every waffle. We're collecting I, all the waffles. I would like to talk to Brie because they just finished watching Clone Wars for the first time, and I don't know if they've started Rebels yet. Um, I wish I we could have gotten them on when knew about them, or if they were around for the blue waffle virus episode, that would have been that a fun been show. Hilarious. Yeah, no, but they weren't watching it at that time. Um, cause they just finished their first watch throughs. So, um, so I want to, I really do want to see if, uh, if they'd be interested in doing that. So, but <sighs> though I will say I just started reading, I, I binge read a web comic that's actually going to be, uh, uh, coming out in a hard a hard copy in 
October and it's been picked up for a Netflix show. But it's called Laura Olympus and it's so good. It's a modern telling of like Greek mythology. It's so good. <laughs> Can't recommend it enough. The artwork is gorgeous. The story is amazing. Go check out Laura Olympus. I binged it in like four to five days. And it kept me from reading Thrawn because it was so much better than Thrawn. Go read that. <laughs> Don't read the Thrawn books. Read that. So, yeah, it was very, very good. I enjoyed it. So, mm. how'd you like this episode? It's all right. I feel the same. I don't want to say too much about it because I have very little notes on it. And anything I say will just like knock out one of the like six notes I have on the whole thing. There's not a lot to say about this. It's, I, uh, yeah, I feel the same thing. I, I feel the exact same way. And I will just kind of touch base on my act three notes, which is we've already had signal from sector six and station theta mm -hmm. black. I, I think they were they were they were they had a purpose here, but I think the purpose had a little to do with spinning spinning wheels, and and setting up. Yeah, yeah, I'll get into it more. I I don't want to kill my notes. <laughs> yeah. So, well, you ready to get into it? Uh huh. The core problem is the 17th episode of Star Wars Resistance, and it aired on February 17th, 2019. It was written by Kevin Burke and Chris Wyatt. I don't know why this needed two episodes, or two writers on this episode, because it's very straightforward. And directed by Saul Ruiz. Some extra information for you. The plot of this episode was hinted at about a year before this episode aired. In the comic, Poe Dameron number 26, Poe is recounting a tale, and he said that he needed to make a detour to pick up BB-8. This episode was that pit stop. This episode also ended up... This episode was also used as an indicator, indicator of how close the series was to the timeline of The Force Awakens. And finally, in the ruins, there are symbols that matches the bracelets of the kids from Tahar. Oh, oh, excuse me. This was to indicate that they are roughly around the same areas where... Uh, uh, them, them, them. This is to indicate that Poe and Kaz are roughly around the same area where Kel and Ayla's planet used to be. I'll come back to that in Act 3, because I have thoughts about that, too. Yeah. I kind of wish it was the planet. It would make it more interesting. It'd be a big coincidence, but yeah. Um, I'm sorry. Star Wars is about the same 20 people in a galaxy full of bajillions of people. I know. You want to talk coincidence? Let's talk about the two that cameo. I know, but one. I thought we were getting more down to earth with this show. So. <laughs> the one. Thought we were there. going to get more in the more down to earth laws of probability and fate in this episode, but or in this show, but. I know, but that would that would have been the one time that they could have used the, you know, let's run into the same 20 people in Star Wars, and they didn't. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, you know who's also, like, I, I, is Yoda down to Earth, would you say? Would you say? Yoda's very close to the Earth, yes. Yoda's <laughs> I am very right. down to Earth, yes. I am, I am on the Earth. <sighs> Yoda is of the earth, like all. Oh, I just imagine you like slithering, slithering through the wet mud like a little, like a little catfish. Mm, beings of light, we are. Not this crude matter. Mm. That's apparently the sound of catfish. Yeah. 
Oh, by the way, Yoda, this episode is recorded the day before May the 4th. So, mm-hmm. happy May the, happy Star Wars Day tomorrow. May the 4th sure. with you. Oh, it's Star Wars Day for Yoda. <laughs> can't get away from it, Yoda can't. I have not expected you to be like, what's a Star Wars? <laughs> mm. Well, I have a question for you, Yoda. Oh, a question for Yoda. Yeah, I was doing some reading and I got to thinking, um, we have the Bad Batch coming and that's going to be fun at all. And the the Jedi Council is not around anymore during the Bad Batch. And what do you miss the most about your friends in the Jedi Council? Like, do you miss your activities together? Do you miss hanging out? Do you miss, you know, your buds, karaoke, yaddle? What, what do you miss most about the Jedi Council? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yoda most? Yoda misses 20% discount with Jedi Council card at Space Waffle House. Mmm. Oh, yeah. Plus with senior discount? Mmm. Much savings. Much savings. Mmm. Yoda eats well. Yes. Did you and, like, what Blake and Windu, like, go to the Space Waffle House, like, late at night together? Yes. Eat frogs. Yes. I don't think Windu ate the frogs. Windu ate frogs. Windu ate frogs. He did. Yes, frogs. Many frogs. You know, you're you're right. I shouldn't, you know, this is a galaxy far, far away. I shouldn't judge. Maybe frogs are normal. We know here on the Colossus, everybody eats gorgs. So, they're frogs. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Space French eat frogs. So, did you guys, like, do, like, after drinks, too? Like, after work drinks? Like, go out to karaoke and stuff? Some some did during work drinks, yes. <laughs> not Yoda, but others, yes. Yoda Yoda will not tell, though. Was, was Yaddle the day drinker? Many were. Many were drinky-drinky on Jedi Council, yes. Was Obi-Wan one after he took uh, Anakin as a Padawan? Did he become a day drinker? Let's just say two heads can drink twice as much. Mm. <laughs> All right, Yoda. Well, you you go back to yeah. your mud and slither right. away so we can okay. get back to resistance. All right. There he goes. He's uh, been mellow lately. I know. He's been really chill. It's been kind of nice. I. Oh, do you think he's bumped out because he missed Maul? Maybe. That could be. Because he's been kind of, like, down since we've had Jonna on. He's not the kind of guy who'd admit it. He, he's just going to suck it up. I know. Oh, around like must, a grumpy. I mean, we all love Maria. I mean, there's no way you can't love just Maria. Mope around like a grumpy grumpy uncle. Uh, like a grunkle. <laughs> like a grumple. A grumple. Oh, jeez. Calm down, Storms. All right. Well, you ready to get into this? Mm-hmm. Let's see if I missed any of my notes because we lost ah, sorry, today. Sorry, I was taking my medicine. I'm like, vroom, vroom. Mm-hmm. That's all right. I uh, I hope all my I was having to finish my notes on my phone because we lost power for a chunk of the day. So <laughs> let's see we if lost, I we lost power the other night too. It just kept flashing out. I've been uh, like I I literally been thinking somebody is somewhere sticking a pin in my voodoo doll. Because we had little... website troubles. Then when I was working on website troubles, um, I had to update my um, my Windows. And then my Windows made everything work weird. 
and like it's still like my browsers the all the text on my browsers is kind of crappy and uh and i was trying to figure that out and then the power kept going off and turning off my computer and then as i was eating some granola a piece of my tooth fell out and as i was freaking out from that and being like oh man now i gotta handle all this stuff and get my tooth fixed i stood up out of my chair and felt my back go out and i was like oh hey <laughs> well that thing's coming three so hopefully that'll be it hopefully that's all three of them yeah and yeah. like luckily with my back if once it happens if i like hop in the shower and start doing stretches it's like i'm instantly on the road to recovery but damn it not all at once but that's how it goes for me it goes fine and then it all hits at once and then hopefully it goes fine for for a while yeah, <laughs> yeah. all right not like uh in uh resistance well you ready to get into it all right i am ready. all right let's see if i forgot no it's act one <laughs> we open with kaz actually open with yeager and yeager's looking out of the ocean he's like oh it's it's a beautiful morning it's so nice and then the tie fighters fl fly over and he's like oh yeah these f fuckers Oh, I will not get into the resistance. I will not get. He starts chanting over and over. I will not get in the resistance. I'm, I'm out of it. I'm out of this. I'm out of this. Kaz, <laughs> and he goes over to Kaz, and Kaz is trying to make a communication box out of like chewing gum and duct tape, and Yeager's like, I don't think that's gonna work, honey. I, I don't think that's gonna get through the first orders, you know, really high technology and multiple blankets of uh, blocking our communication. And Kaz is like, I know it's gonna work, cause I put it together. And you know why it's gonna work? Cause I'm the protagonist. And it always works out for the protagonist, cause we got plot armor. And Yeager's like, that's that's not how plot armor works, honey, but okay, give it a try. So, Kaz starts calling into the box and he's like, hey, Poe Dameron, Poe Dameron, can you read me, Lone Wolf? Lone Wolf, it's me, Baby Cub! Baby Cub needs you! And Poe's just like, oh, those are our nicknames now, cool, cool. And Kaz is like, I knew it would work! And Poe's like, turn around, kid. And Kaz turns around and there's Poe Dameron. And he is looking Dameron cute. And he's all just like, hey guys, I'm here now. And BB-8's like, my dad's here! And BB-8 freaks out, rolls over, and he's like, Dad, Dad, please help me. We've had so many horrible adventures. He doesn't take care of me. He doesn't bathe my head. He doesn't pet me. We had to work retail, Dad. We had to work retail, Dad. And Paul's like, I'm sorry, Bubby. You're okay now. You're going to be coming back with me to Jakku tomorrow. And Kaz is like, wait, you got to go to Jakku? And Paul's like, yeah. The, the, to uh to go to the Force Awakens. It's gonna be starting in a few days, so um I hope you enjoy your planet for a few more episodes, because it's not gonna be here in a few more episodes. And Cass is like, haha, that's funny. And Poe's like, this is your first time here. You don't know how Star Wars works anyway. But uh Poe is there because he needs to get BB-8 back, and he's gonna trade off CB-23. But the thing is, though, they're like, um, we need to show you a thing. So they take Bones to Yeager's office, and they show him all the stuff they found out last week. How the First Order wants the Colossus, and how there's all these, like, ships and fleets, and how the, the New Republic is vastly outnumbered, and Paul's like, well, this is not good. 
And Cass has apparently been doing some extra work. He's like, we have to go hear them. Something is happening here. I found this extra information and don't state how I found it, but it's here because it wasn't on the first one. And we think that they're doing something here. And Poe's like, oh, I'm on a tight schedule, but we can check it out for 22 minutes. That's no problem at all. Let's go. So, they need to get off the, first, the Colossus, though, but it's surrounded by stormtroopers because TIE fighters are everywhere. So, Poe's like, I have a plan that's so stupid, it's gonna work. And Cass is like, stupid plans are my, get, my go-to. Let's do it. So... Poe rides on top of the fireball, and I mean like outside the fireball, he's just kind of holding onto a handle. Well, Kaz drops the fireball on a shipping container ship, and they land, and they ride the shipping container ship out of the Colossus, and <laughs> fly it up to space. And then they're joined by CB-23 flying Poe's X-Wing. By the way, CB-23 is the greatest droid, and we love her. She's precious and amazing, and I'm so happy she's now here for the rest of the show. So Poe jumps down into his X-Wing, and together him and Kaz head out. And then, at the seven-minute mark, there was a commercial break. Unlike the past, like, five episodes where it's been, like, the first commercial break's, like, 11 minutes in. We yeah, have no, they don't have, they've, been, they've been imparting a lot of story in the last few ones. But remember how I said last week it was all story? This yeah. one. This one is this one is like the first act is a story. They get us up to up to they get Poe up to speed. They basically do a recap of of the end of the last episode with Poe, and uh, which is which is okay. They you know they you know they put a lot of information out last week, so you know they're 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 aiming for a younger audience. I like that Kaz almost basically, if his his machine worked, he could have doxed Poe by like saying his name accidentally. So, I know, right? It's like uh... big, big mistake there. He just glosses it off. But uh, you know, so uh, like this this basically they they link up with Force Awakens, but they're not really doing it to like let's enhance the Force Awakens. They're doing it because you know Star Killer Base is going to come into play in a few episodes so they're they're linking it up to the movie but mostly for for stuff that's coming up so so this episode is and the last episode are like sort of complementing each other and it's almost like this one is like okay we'll be more visual on this episode <laughs> so there's there's a little more even in this first act there's a little more flying around and in action going on when they have to take off. Notice, uh, um, um, Poe somehow got in and just sort of sloughed it off, but we'll see if we uh, find out by the end. Spoiler, I know. no, no. I didn't know that. It was just like, how'd you get in? Reasons. We're not, we're not gonna deal with it. How'd you get? How they, you know. And they're like, how and that? coming back, it was just like, so how am I gonna get in? Oh, oh uh, CB23, I'll tell you how. And it's and that's all there is. We don't see it. It just shows up. I know. I I had a feeling that like maybe like Yeager knew, uh, because he didn't seem too worried about Cash trying to contact Poe. But then I was just like, mm, how did he get the communication out? And but then I was like, Yeager probably has ways that Cas doesn't know about. Yeah. 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 So, got some old guy tricks, but that's all I had for Act One. Really, there was, 
wasn't really much going on other than it's just sort of a sort of what they used to do a lot of times and and stuff like this in the old days was like the first they would fit like comic books they would finish off something and then the first page of the next comic would just sort of be a recap of the last episode yeah sort of what this was though i realized it as i was talking um somehow kaz got more information and i because there's two data sticks because last week he only had one but this time he put in a second data stick and i'm like has he still been like swiping these things like that's that's a missing little story element there is if he's still just like sneaking in swiping the stuff in the first order I don't see I don't see how he could maybe he split maybe he split the first data into two data so he could dramatically overlay them when he was talking to Poe or maybe there could be a few things there yeah but I I was thinking about that I I I thought about it and then I'm like "Ah, I just must have missed that he had two of them but no he only got one last week um because I remember there was like 12 of them when the murder bot pulls open the thing. There's like 12 of them across and he just grabs one. Um, so I don't really have a lot either. I just mostly have shallow notes. Um, I think just Poe is such a cool character. I I really love Poe. Um, I started thinking about this because like now that we know the rest of the show, like, you know, we've seen the rest of the show and stuff like that. Like this is Poe's last appearance. So maybe that is the purpose of this episode, to have one last kind of romp with Poe, because he's not in season two. Um, and uh, it's just, it, it kind of feels like one last go around with Poe. Yeah, no, after after this, Poe is a, is a fighter and not a spy. Yeah, you know? he, he's not here anymore. He's off doing his own thing. So I... Um, it kind of feels like, you know, like one last out drive with Poe. Like, you know, he, he gives back BB-8 and he gets back BB-8 and he gives them CB-23 and they go on one last adventure together and one last pew-pew. And um, it kind of has that feeling to it. So maybe that is the point of this episode. But it's it's always just fun because I like, I like having Oscar Isaac still loving this character. Because <laughs> you can hear it. You can hear how much he loves it. I really like... Kaz's really dumb Widowmaker joke. It, it always catches me off guard and it's so funny. He's like, Widowmaker? I'm not even married. And he puts his hands on his hips, sassily looks at Yeager, and he's like, I'm not even married. And Yeager just like shoves his head. It's such a cute little character moment. I love it. Um, the only other thing I have is I, I really like that opening shot with Yeager watching the TIE fighters flying around. Um, it's a nice, quiet moment. It's really fast, but you can see that, like, you know, go back to Grumpy Yeager at the very first episode. He wanted nothing to do with any of this. And we were talking a little bit about this last week, about how, like, Yeager's been, like, kind of more and more getting into it and, like, helping Kaz more and going out of his way. Because even, like, with Signal from Sector 6, he wanted... He didn't want to actually take Kaz out, but he did it for Poe, and he didn't want to take Sonar in. But now, like, you can tell, like, Yeager is moving closer and closer to that line. And that look that he gives when he was watching the TIE fighters fly over, he looks angry, and he looks upset, and it's clearly disturbing to him. And yeah, because it's he, nice was hoping, he was hoping he didn't have to deal with this again, and now it's just like, it's in his lap, and he was like, he, he's, he's the old crusty fart who doesn't want to deal with it, but he's 
you know, here it is in his lap and it's not going yeah. away. And he's just and he knows what it means, you know, and yeah. it's not good. It's it's just a really good moment of visual storytelling because there's so much emotion that goes across his face. But he never says a word in that moment. And it's, it's just some really nice, very visual storytelling going on. Well, right they there start with out with a nature shot of the, the puffer birds flying around, which is, I think, what they started off last episode with. And uh, and then uh, and then cut to the TIE fighters just coming in from the distance. Yeah, I love those yeah. pelicans, by the way. <laughs> They're so great. Pufferkins. Pufferkins! But that's all I have. Do you have anything else? I do not. Act 2? Act 2 has my most notes in it, for sure. Oh, this is going to be a really fast episode. Uh, uh, I don't, yeah, my notes are pretty steady, so... Act 2! So... Poe and Kaz come out of hyperspace and they are to the coordinates and they're both very confused because Poe's like, wait a second, I'm looking at this map and this map says there's supposed to be a sun here. There is no sun here. Everything is dark. Do you see a sun, Kaz? And Kaz is like, I don't see a sun. And they're like, CB23, you see a sun? She's like, no, I told you to ask for directions. He's like, okay, BB-8. And they're, no, they're like, where's the sun? And, and Kaz is like, this is so weird. It's like, almost like something could suck in the sun. That's really important in a few episodes. Hmm, I wonder what that is. And then they start coming across planets that have been completely cored out. Like apple cores. And all that's left is the juicy planet outer shell. But the cores with the seeds are gone. Mm-hmm. They're just like, mmm, magma. Yum, yum. Love that magma. So they decide to check out one of the core planets, and as they're flying up to it, they get caught into a gravity well, and they have to fly through the center of the planet and fly out the other side. But this is important. It's a plot element, kind of like what happened, you know, in Station Theta Black, and Signal from Sector 6. Plot things! <laughs> so then they pick up a signal, and they're like, huh, a signal. It looks like it's, you know, robotic. We should go check it out. So they fly over to a nearby moon, and when they land uh, on the nearby moon, everything's abandoned. And it kind of looks like there used to be a temple and a town there, and they find a Tuka doll, and they're like, oh, people used to live here. Oh. And so as they're looking around, uh, Poe, I keep getting the boys mixed up in my head, Poe's like, hey, CB23, take out the ships. Be careful, though. Be nearby so we can, uh, you know, be ready to go. But oh no! Off in the distance, something is watching them. And it's clearly mechanic. Because it's all, like, target acquired. Ha 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 ha. So Poe and Kaz are walking around, and because there is no sun, like, it's cold, and, like, it's mopey, and everything's dark. And I just really love the line where Kaz is like, This would be much easier to look around if, you know, it wasn't nighttime, and they already established that there is no sun. <laughs> I just like that line. So, the entire place is completely deserted. And Poe is like, is it deserted? Or is it eradicated? And Kaz is like, why are you happy about that? And he's like, I don't know. But I have the feeling we're being watched. And Poe starts slinking around. He's like, something's out there. My not-force senses are tingling. It's my spider senses. And Kaz is like, spider senses? I thought Oscar Isaac was going to be in Moon Knight. And Oscar Isaac, as Poe, is just like, I am going to be a Moon Knight. Ha ha! 
my Moon Knight senses are tingling. And Kaz is like, this is a very meta joke. Let's move on. And, oh no, they're getting shot at because a probe comes out. And this probe droid is just like, I have found you. I'm going to poop out metal babies. And it poops out tiny little baby droids. And the baby droids start attacking them. And the probe droid is like, goodbye, fuckers. I'm going to go tell the First Order you're here. And Poe is like, stop that probe droid. I'll take care of the baby poops. And Kaz is like, got it. So BB-8 grabs the probe droid that's holding it in place. And Kaz is like, I'm going to shoot that thing. And he misses 12 times, but then he trips and he wins it on the lucky streak. And, and Kaz is like, whoa, I'm like Jar Jar Binks, the greatest warrior in Star Wars. Ha 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 ha, I got it, I got it. <sighs> and Poe takes out all the babies, and I think they're in the clear. And Poe is just like, I've never seen a probe droid like this before. I can't believe the First Order has built this. It kind of looks like a giant, um... You know what, you're a bit young for this, Kaz. And Kaz is like, I'm 20. I'm like, you're still young for it, Kaz. You don't need to know what this looks like. And Kaz is like, Oh, okay, I'll tell you. You ever seen the movie uh, The Matrix? It looks like the squid thing from The Matrix. Oh, I was going to say a dildo, but okay. Oh, a dildo. Oh. Oh, <laughs> oh no, oh, tight by Granted, the things in The Matrix look like dildos, too, so. That's true, that's true. But, and then, oh, oh no, the TIE Fighters show up in the back two. What'd you think about two? Act two was, I think, the most fun act of all of them because it was just, it's just visual space flying. You don't get that much in, in this. It was, it was nice. It was, uh, you know, visual, um, reflection of like the asteroid scene from Empire. It even had a little of the Empire music in there when they were flying around the, the, the asteroids. Um, but, uh, like, I mean, really it was sort of the cliff notes version of the last Poe episode that we had, you know, and it was more of a, we were getting little bits of information, but it's just enough information to make it worth us for us to be there. And it's just, things happen. We go here, we get information, pew, pew, pew. Then we go here, here comes TIE fighters. So it's you know and it and it's just it's just basically set pieces you know the the, the going through the the core of the planet was one of the action set pieces you know where they had to navigate that and uh and then just sort of f- abandoned base and fighting the uh probe droid and was the, the second one so they got two two visual set set piece action pieces in in the second part but uh like I think what they're doing with this is like this this goes back to the stuff that we we can just postulate on which is this was probably we both are very suspicious that this was probably supposed to be a longer show and uh and they they but you know that at this point it seems like they know where it's going and how they have to get there so they had to do a lot of storytelling in the last couple episodes. And then they're like, okay, this is a kid show. This one, I think, just sort of stops. It, it links up some stuff. It, it gives us a chance to see Poe and have just sort of a pew-pew adventure while setting up Starkiller Base and just sort of restating things that happened in in Act Three, there's some there's some stuff with Tam that's basically a repeat of stuff that happened with her earlier with Jaeger, and it ju- and you know it's just sort of 
to restate all the things that are going to become important moving forward because there's going to be a lot of lot of story happening that's after because everything's kind of downhill from here because if if I, if I remember the season right uh downhill as far as their fortunes go it starts get yeah things start getting yeah things yeah. start going bad very very quickly um Right. So this, this is kind of like the last. I don't. I don't want to say it's a filler because it's not really a filler. It's kind of like a touch on everything because we have two episodes where everything goes to hell in the Colossus and then the season finale. So this it's, kind of. I is, think it's a purposeful pause. I think it's a a, a pause. Yeah. To uh, to restate and drive it forward without like just taking like say like uh, you know this is maybe the youngest based star wars since like droids or you know um ewoks but for for the new star wars it's the youngest base and and they they, i would be like you know we're throwing a lot of story in let's let's make it you know it's it's going to make more sense if if we do this going forward so instead of it just being a dump of of story from here on out just gives gives everybody a chance to the kitties a chance to rest gives the superficial visual guys like me a chance to see some pew pew yeah i mean i love the flying through the core scene um yeah watching how they learn how to like kind of go in through it and just like turn into it as well and come out you the can, other side it's it's really smooth and it's really fun to watch you can see through the way that Ka, you know kaz is is flying his ship that he's fighting it at first and then he learns to to go with the dynamics of it and stuff and mm-hmm. yeah it's 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 very well done very star warsy yeah. but that's all i really had for act two yeah, I, I only have, like, three kind of superficial notes. My first one is I always love seeing a Tukadal in Star Wars. Animation loves their Tukadals. It started with Clone Wars, and then we got more of them in Rebels, and now this is our first Tukadal of Resistance, so. Uh-huh. I always love Tukadal. Um, <laughs> this is a big Tukadal doll, too. It's like a fucking giant thing compared to what poor little Numa had in Clone was, Wars. Probably a <laughs> big... Bit- bigger alien you know maybe those kids are like the size of a small hippo or something <laughs> so it's tiny to them it's proportion yeah yeah it's a it, you know there was a, a alien that have big kids took a doll yeah um because nice uh, might be like the capybara of the star wars universe where it's just universally no, the beloved by everybody they're the cats the tuka cats yeah, they might be like the capybara. The, the race might be like because the capybara, capybara is like the all-purpose animal. Everybody loves it, you know. So you um, could make so you could make capybara, capybara dolls and spread them all around the world. People would be like, oh. <laughs> really? But if they Cap- even if they don't have them in like, on their pl- what what? Capybaras are really universally like. Capybaras, I don't, I want to say I heard this, but it might have been like I heard it on Facebook. But yes, cat, cat, but I heard that they maybe it might be something to do with the way they smell or something, but they just see, they get along. I mean, if you look up capybaras, you'll see them sleeping, like leaning up against alligators, like, 
uh, by the side of rivers and like lions. You, the, you see him just hanging out with every other kind of animal in the wild and nobody seems to want to, maybe they taste awful. Maybe they're just real, real cool, chill guys, but they seem to basically get along and like are like actually friendly towards just about anything. And it's shared. <laughs> Like, you know, capybaras are always, they were always cute, but I never, like, really thought about that. But you're right, I can't think of, like, as you were talking, I was like, yeah, there are photos of them just, like, hanging out with alligators, isn't there? Yeah. (laughs) I never thought about that before. Um, There's just a nice little visual joke that I'd never noticed before, and it was really funny. Um, It's when Poe is telling CB-23 to stay with the ships. He, like, they're both looking at her. And, but, like, po, like Cass just happens to be holding his blaster, just happens to be pointed at Poe, and Poe notices. So he's just talking to CB-23, looks over, and just, like, pushes, po, like, Cass's blaster to the side. And it's a nice little, like, solid joke that it's in the background. And I like that. I like when they add in these, like, little jokes in the background because it's for stuff like this. This is my third rewatch, yeah. and I just noticed it. And it's a There's nice a- gag. There's a lot of Ezra, well, he, you know, he, he ends up shooting the probe droid because he trips and falls over. There's a couple good Ezra trips. They, they do the good, the nice Disney trip where the mm-hmm. person starts to trip and you see their arms flail up. And then all of a sudden they just go whack flat down on the ground. You know, it's very exaggerated mm-hmm. and fun. And, and Kaz has long skinny arms and legs, so he does a good Disney face plant trip. I just, uh, there was, there was a lot of jokes going around that Kaz was the descendant of the wacky, wavy, wacky, wavy, inflatable, arm flailing man. <laughs> he might be part, he might be part Gungan. You never know. Hey, uh, that's Flix. <laughs> Flix is apparently part Gungan. The Gungans get around. Maybe they're like the capybaras. <laughs> sexy style. Maybe they're the sexy capybaras of the they're the sexy space capybaras of Star Wars. I would absolutely love somebody to like re- and and to put it in the canon too, like have it in a book where it's like Gungans are considered like the sexiest people mm-hmm. in the Star Wars universe in the universe. And they're when like, you get your when you get your space DNA test, there's oh like no matter what corner of the universe you're always some proportion gungan there's always some gungan in your genetics that would just be so funny because it'd just be such a fuck you to like angry fanboys where it would just be in canon where it's like gungans are once again uh re- yeah. sexiest be- beings in the galaxy and twi'leks are second <laughs> all the clones were like 0.009 percent gungan that would be great oh my god make it happen star wars um the only other note that I have is I just love the setting setting of the moon settlement. Um, it's it's interesting because you can tell that the sun hasn't been gone long. So I, I and I think that kind of ties in like with the kids from Tahar because everything is just now starting to like really ice over. Um, but you can see the ice like crawling up the buildings. You can see like uh, the characters have fog breath. And just the entire animation sequence, and it's it's just so cool because I was trying to place my finger on what the architecture looks like, but every it's also dark, so it's kind of hard to tell. But it, we just don't get a lot of architecture like that in Star Wars. It actually reminded me um, a very 
both Spa Spanish and kind of Middle Eastern architecture. And that's because like because of the, Haps the Habsburgs, was it? The Habsburgs around about that area. Um, there's a lot of intermingling between those two cultures. Um, and so it has that kind of feel to it. And I just, I love it. We don't get that kind of architecture very often in Star Wars, and it's really pretty. And I, I, I wish we could see it in the sun, because I bet it's like... Yeah, really no, that, yeah, no, they they were just playing up the dark ruins part of it, too, which is yeah. cool, because I like that. I like the, you know, trying to figure out what it is, and you just can't... It looked to me like it, like those were ruins, and it looked like there was, like the the first order had maybe just like built some like quick industrial stuff to do to do tests on it that wasn't meant to last forever you know well that's and that's it, what was interesting because i was looking at the the concept artwork so there's actually like con uh on starwars.com for every episode when i do the background notes i always pull up the concept art so all those like little buildings around it were like houses um that that were built in to be like in a very similar style and they they're actually a different color they're like cream and red um, but you can't really see it because everything's dark. <laughs> so the concept art for this episode was really cool. Um, definitely, definitely suggest checking that out over on StarWars.com. Um, but that's all I have for the core problem. Or not the core problem, for Act 2. We're not done. We have more. Yeah, <laughs> and just a little tangent. Um, um, yeah. Just for, you reminded me when you said concept art. If you want to find good uh screensavers for your computer go just do a, a google image search for star Tri star wars concept art because there's so much star wars and so much concept yes. art and it's beautiful that you know you'll have, start you'll yes. start discovering favorite art you know i mean there's some there's a lot of star wars concept artists that have, that have gotten named for themselves but you'll start finding people that like you've never heard of before and be like wow i really like this guy's work and You'll you'll just yeah you'll get find more beautiful screensavers and you'll ever know what to do with. Yeah, I have um, concept art from both Twilight of the Apprentice and the Siege of Mandalore. Both of them are Maul and Ahsoka. Um, I have concept art of uh, and also lighting artwork. Um, I have lighting artwork of um, uh, what's their call? What's their butts? The the two Inquisitors meeting Ahsoka and Rebels. Right, and right. it was uh it's it's gorgeous and it's it's fantastic and i and i yes i second that because i'm currently now in my my art my um my wallpapers folder looking at concept art of yep. Ma and Soka at Siege of Mandalore. Do a search for concept art and then and then whittle it down by like large images and you'll just get pages and pages Clone Wars concept art Haha, <laughs> look at that. <laughs> there you go. And it's fantastic wallpapers. I it would lead me to you, you know, it'll lead you to people's web so you'll be like looking at stuff that's like on official Star Wars websites, but then you'll see the artist's name and then you can go find like their own personal web webpage where they have like thousands of pictures up that you're just never gonna see if you don't track them down. So it's mm -hmm. fun, fun, fun. Fun, 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 fun. Alright, Act 3? Act 3. So, TIE Fighters are showing up, and they're being led by Major Von Reg, Old Red himself. Again, bad joke. His name should be Major Von Red. <laughs> anyway, so Kessipo 
hop in their X-Wings, and they're like, we gotta get out of here, and they start flying up. And Poe is like, I have an idea. Let's go to the Cordell world. And Kaz is like, are you crazy? We're gonna, I barely, like, kept control. I almost got ripped apart into pieces. And then he kind of pauses for a second, like, Poe just, like, turns around and looks at him. He's like, I see what you're saying, Poe. Let's go. So, they fly to the Cordout world, and the tides are falling, and Major Von Riggs is like, I'll get you, and they're like, never! And they're flying through it, and apparently TIE fighters just don't know how to do this shit, because they fight it. They're the bad guys, and they have no concept of how to fly, apparently. Unlike our heroes who had to learn on the fly, this is only their second time doing this, so it's they know perfectly well how to do it. So, all the TIE fighters crash, except for Major Von Rigg. Because he has to go on and live for another day because he's a main villain. And so he turns around and flies on out of there. And instead of flying around the planet to meet them, because apparently that would take too long, Kaz and Poe come out on the other side, perfectly unscathed. And they have to finally swap out their droids. So Kaz gives a heartfelt goodbye to BB-8. And he's like, I hope you... I get to see you again, and BB-8's like, nah, bro, you won't. Bye, bitch. And he jumps out, and CB-23's like, Poe, do I really have to go with that kid? And Poe's like, yes, hold on, I gotta kill a bug. Did I get you? A little, a little, little gnat was like, oh, no, there you are. Ha, 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 you dead bitch. Sorry, a little, a little gnat was like, I'm gonna crawl near your water. And I was like, no, fuck off, you. And CB's like, I don't want to go with him. And Poe's like, it's okay, CB. You're going to end up being the best droid of the show if you go. You're going to be my number one droid. And CB's like, all right, I can do that. So she jumps out of Poe's ship. And BB-8's like, good luck with this guy. He's almost killed me like 12 times. And CB-23's like, that's not very helpful. Got bye. Enjoy being in the sequel trilogy. And BB-8's like, I will. Bye. And they both lock in, and Poem heads out for The Force Awakens, off for a new three-movie adventure to end at Trass. And Poe's like, I should have stayed in Resistance. Anyway. But Oscar Isaac's like, give me that Disney money. <laughs> and Kaz heads back to the Colossus. So when they get back... Tim is mad because they all have to work and Poe and, and Kaz is once again just not there and she's just like Yeager this this really isn't fair that he just gets to run off with the fireball wherever he feels like it while the rest of us are doing actual work why are we doing this and remember the fireball's my ship well Kaz shows up with not BB-8 and they're all just like uh who's this and Kaz is like oh this is this is CB-23 I had to fly BB-8 to Taco Donna because he broke. I broke him. And Tam's like, yeah, that pans out. You break everything. That makes sense. But we have to work. And he's like, yeah, so they're loaning me CB-23. And she's great. So say hello, CB-23. And, and CB-23's like, hey, nice to meet you all. I'm here now. And I'm apparently going to be the asteroid. And they're all like, yeah, you are. And so Kaz lies about all this. And Tam just gets mad rightfully so because she's just like i just want someone to talk to me and communicate with me you're clearly hiding things from me yeager you're clearly hiding things from me kaz niku's the only best boy here and niku's like i am best boy thank you very much tamra i am the best boy i will never lie to you because they haven't told me anything either so tamra's mad because 
you know, if Yigri would actually sit down and talk to her about, you know, fascism, she wouldn't be spiraling toward the First Order in four episodes. So, it's not helping at all. But Tam rightfully walks off very, very angry. Yeager makes his, like, oh, you'll never understand face, grumpy face. And Kaz walks with CB-23 out on the docks instead of actually working. And he stares off to the moon and goes, I own this Tupidol now. It's mine. And TIE Fighters fly over and Kaz's like, fuck. The end. Yeah. Not a lot happened. <laughs> Especially in this section, there was some kinky, kinky droid swapping. But other than that, you know, I mean, the stuff with with Tam and Jaeger, it definitely escalated a little bit to the point of where Jaeger should just be like, "Come on, man, I gotta, I gotta tell her," you know. But or just or just sit down and instead of saying like you wouldn't understand, just being like. He doesn't even have to talk to him like about about Kaz. He can just sit her down and go, "Let me tell you about my time fighting the Empire." Doesn't even have to talk about Kaz. Yeah. Yeah. Kaz has nothing to do with that conversation. But that's so. yeah, that's similar. I mean that, but that's similar to the comment. I mean, it's just sort of a, a a just sort of a underlined restatement of the last thing. We never find out how Kaz got back, and uh, you know we're just. Basically, all we got from this was a little bit of information that that links towards Starkiller Base, you know, that hints at Starkiller Base. You see one of the planets, it looks like they maybe tried to make it into a Starkiller Base and stuff. So, but otherwise, it, it's this was just sort of a, a, a recap episode. So, all I really have to have, there was there was nothing really like too uh, super, uh, you know... We we had an action action sequence, <laughs> but yeah. that was just sort of like that was just sort of like what was needed to escape. Tie fighters come, and you know we know that they're going to go through the core of the planet, and and you know it's it's a nice touch that that Kaz and and Poe have like already practiced going through the core, so they can just sort of like they have the advantage in that situation, so. That you know, it was it was nice. It's it wasn't a bad episode. It just there wasn't a lot to it. So okay, here's my thing about this episode. Um, I I don't mind it in a void. Um, in a void, it's not a bad episode at all. Um, my thing is is just that it's so similar in story beats to Signal from Sector Six and Station Station Theta Black. They're almost identical. What of Poe shows up for a mission, they go on the mission, Poe teaches Kaz how to, a ship-flying thing, they run into the First Order, they fight and run away, Poe leaves. All three episodes have this yeah. very similar format. And, and they get a little bit of information about the First Order. Yeah, and so it's it's an okay format, but like on just this third time, because it just feels like it's just sort of the same thing because signals from sector six was fun because it was the monkey episode so it was almost a comedy and then station that black was like daring because like phasma was there you know but there's nothing like really of like this isn't really a comedy and it's not like super daring it's just kind of like a re a retelling of the other two episodes and just kind of spinning a little yep. bit yep. and so but it, it's still like in a vacuum if if it didn't have the other two episodes and i was thinking about this if we didn't have the other two episodes, then this would be a cool episode. 
This if would be a super have... cool episode. It would stand yeah. out. But the other ones have uh, like have a little more. De- the other ones weren't at all concerned with anything going on in the Colossus. And this was half concerned with restating stuff going on in the Colossus and do it. So it just had sort of had to do a, a cliff notes version of the other one, which, yeah. you know, when they when they when they were doing the space monkeys, they had time to to do different iterations of you know dealing with the space monkeys until swolacious crumb showed up you know they had more space to make and the last one was like uh you know abandoned they and cat and mouse with phasma and stuff and they could do more with it and and work on the atmosphere this one is just like what one thing to the next you know okay their observation and then, oh, go through the core. Whoa, danger. Okay, out. Information. Whoa, TIE fighters coming. Danger. Back to the core. Action, you know. Now, I will say this is a much more visual episode than yeah. both of the other two. Yeah. Um, I, I, this, is a, like, this is a feast for the eyes when mm-hmm. it comes to them, like, going by, like, all the different planets being cored out and, like, um... And uh, like I really love the village set, the ruins setting, and the temple ruins and stuff like that. This is a much more prettier visual episode. But like I, I was trying to think of like what would I change about this that I think would make this a little bit more interesting. And it dawned on me that this could have been a really cool Yeager episode because mm. this is Poe's last episode for the entire series, and it would have been fun if they could get Yeager to come in his racer as well. And it could be like a passing off Kaz's training from Poe to Yeager. And then Yeager takes over for the rest of the series. And like this being like that kind of like, you know, like Poe just being like, why don't you come with us, Yeager? Like, come out with us and like help us out and stuff. And Yeager and Yeager's like, you know what? Like, let me let me see what all this is about. I think and, if if what if Yeager just replaced if if um Kaz wasn't even there? Because there's not much for Kaz to... Kaz picks up some tricks from him, but this would be a good one to, like, build the relationship... what the relationship between Kaz, uh, between Poe and Yeager is. Because Poe could be like, hey, look, Yeager, I know you don't want to get involved, but you're stuck in the middle of this, you know? Yeah. If it, 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 it would be helpful to us, but you know what? It's going to come down to it's going to be helpful to you. You know, it's good... It's going to be concern all the people that are important to you now, you know, and all the p- people who are important to you now are down there on that on that platform. And he it, it, that would have been a that would have and they could have had, you know, the little adventure while having that conversation. And it would have been. But maybe they were I mean, maybe they were. It seems like they were trying to avoid doing too much narrative adding too much to the narrative you know they were just sort of anything that was added in this one just sort of colors stuff coming up it isn't like important need to know info like they've been piling on the last one but narratively i would have liked that i think that would have would have been better yeah i mean it would they would they would never not have cows in an episode because how rarely like thinking back did we not have like Ezra in an episode of Rebels and if Ezra wasn't there then Sabine usually was. Um, well, they could have they could have cut animation. the Kaz on the on the they could have cut to something to do with Kaz and um, Tam on the on the you know. Yeah, that, without, that's true. Without Yeager there, Tam, without, without Yeager there, Tam knows that she could be like. 
she could put the sweat on Kaz about yeah. what the hell's going on. And without Yeager there, Kaz is just a crappy liar anyway. So she could totally like, you know, so, mm-hmm. you know, I, I would have liked that too. I, I think, especially with the opening, like with that, it, cause it opens with Yeager, like watching ties come in. Like that would have just been such an interesting story. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, I like your suggestion more of it just being Kaz and uh, Poe and Yeager, because we we know that they've done that before. I mean, look at the honorable ones. The and honorable ones is completely set around Callus and Zeb, and it's a fascinating episode. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, like the only other thing I would think of is to maybe change it up instead of having like like them seeing the cores and stuff. I would almost want them to explore the temple because we never really got inside of it. Um, I think that would have been cool to see them in that kind of element or to figure that out that it was Kel and Ayla's home, that it, that this was Tahar, and then maybe having Kaz bringing that something back for them just to give them some closure. There's just a bunch of cool things that they could have done. Um, and it's one of the, like, I know I gripe about, like, I'm going to be a hypocrite. I know I gripe about Star Wars coincidences and how the tw- same 20 people seem to run into each other in the galaxy. This is a thing that I kind of actually would have loved to see the Star Wars coincidence of him like of them like going into a home and like maybe him finding a picture of like their parents or something. Um, just something for him to bring them back some closure. I think that would have been a really a really nice way to make this stand out separate from Signal from Sector 6 or Station Theta Black. Uh, actually, now that you mention it, even the coincidence aside, it would uh, it would explain why they were why they wanted to wipe everybody out yeah yeah i mean it would just kind of connect that through line because I, I would say that's probably one of my like my few gripes of resistance is they have so many open threads that never get connected and on one hand i like that because a lot of times in life we don't get all of our threads connected and that's just how life goes but when it comes to telling like a narrative in a story of a piece of media, it's maddening how many just like dangling loose threads that resistance yeah. has, <laughs> and that's one of them. So I I would have loved for this to be if like if somewhere down the line there's enough interest in it, they'll they'll pull on those threads if they think that that people are going to pay attention enough to like buy books or comics to it for yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely. So. Um, the only other thing that I had was I love the droid swap scene. I think it's a gorgeous little scene of them. It's almost like a little dance in the air um, of CB and like BB going by each other. And it's just, I, I, it's so quick, but I love that scene with like the stars in the background. And It reminded me a little of planes refueling each other too. It has it, like in Dr. Strangelove or, and just like, yeah, it's a, it's, it was. It's almost an odd, like biological thing, getting going back and forth between the two ships with the two droids. You know, like a nature documentary, and then the the two droids swap astromechs. The two X wings swap astromechs. I'm a little caught up. Did you say planes refueling each other in the air? Yeah. They do that. Hell yeah. They've been doing that. They've been doing that since I think World War Two. You need to watch Doctor. That's the first scene in Doctor Strangelove. It's like a porno scene. One play like they have this law. It's it's like a whale waiting, wait, a whale mating or something. They have the big fuel like the ship above it. It's a big liner type of ship, big heavy plane to carry a lot of fuel. 
and it's got this giant <coughs> hose that like stiff hose that lo- lowers down and they've got to fly it close enough and you know with a with a like a rope and a pulley holding it and, and another person navigates it into the and you see like like a little bit of jet fuel splashing around and then they they get it in the hole and it'll refuel the other ship in the air the other plane in the air yeah i did know this now that i'm looking at pictures i'm like oh i did know that this was a thing i just forget it's been a day we it's been a day <laughs> but did you have anything else for the core problem not really that's yeah. the core problem with it <laughs> Uh, I was actually trying to think of the best way to insinuate that kind of joke. I was trying to avoid it the whole time, but I couldn't. <laughs> All right, Chris, score it up for me. I gave it, I gave it a solid eight. There's nothing wrong with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not like I, it's not like some of the one, the filler ones where we were like, why? <clears throat> I kind of understand why it's like that, but it's. It's just nice, but it's 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 sort of a it's sort of cobbled together. It's sort of a cobbled together of other episodes, but it's visually beautiful. So I'm giving it a, a solid eight. I I feel the same way. Like there's nothing like in a vacuum. There's nothing wrong with this episode. Like it's a perfectly good episode. There's nothing that think... bothers me about it really. Yeah, it doesn't I, bother I... me that it's like that, but it's just like it's not gonna stand out in my memory as a strong. Yeah, episode. it actually it stands out in my memory because of the fact it's so similar to the other two. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and it stands out in my memory in a negative way. Right, because um, it doesn't stand up to the other two. It's like okay, it's the same adventure, but it's like a just a shorter simpler version so, but, uh, but i do yeah. like something that you said and i didn't think about it that way before which it, it is a very nice breather episode before we go into like the doom and gloom of the last four episodes which are well, a well, lot well, of remember last episode you and i were like you and i were like talking for before uh, we, we we were talking about the episode for like 20 minutes probably before we even started hitting part one And then when we were in part one, we were already reaching into part three and stuff because it just dumps. It had so much going on in it and and like meaningful stuff. And and it was just like, remember that? We're like, wow, this episode is going to be really long. And I'm like, well, we actually have covered most of our notes halfway through (laughs) episode two because everything begs questions from notes ahead of it and stuff. And it was it was uh, it was a heavy lifting episode. So, yeah. And. And this is like for, you know, they're shooting for younger viewers, you know, including younger viewers than maybe even Rebels. So, yeah, they probably just were like, let's give them a break and give them some shooty shooty. Yeah, there's absolutely nothing wrong with this episode. It's just it's it's a nice breather. Um, So, yeah, I gave it I gave it a 7.5 out of 10. I mean, I think it's fine. I think I think it's a little bit better than fine because my my usually when I give something a a solid seven, it's just like a flat out fine. But the visuals of this episode are so nice. This doesn't mean anything. But if like I was just thinking if we were describing a person, people would be really sketchy about that person. Oh, yeah, they're fine, actually. But, you know, I mean, there's nothing really like to worry about about them. I don't think it's nothing. uh, (laughs) Too bad about them. Nothing I really don't like about them. They're fine. They're fine. They're fine. 
They're fine. People are sticking red flags all over the place. <laughs> like, what's wrong with this person? <laughs> they're just fine. Nothing, nothing. They're fine. They're fine. It's so funny how the word fine has become just, like, such a passive-aggressive word. Yes, yes. It's like, if, if someone can't, if I was just like, what's going on, Billy? And she'd be like, I'm fine. And, like, what's wrong with you? Are you okay? What can I do to help? <laughs> and she's like. <laughs> Is it okay? Anyway. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Um, well, as, oh, you know what's also fine? Our feedback. As yes, always. The finest. We would love to hear your feedback on iTunes, Twitter, or on our soon-to-be-new Two True Freaks Facebook page. I meant website. I just realized I can't read the Two True Freaks Facebook page, too, but we're also going to have a new website up soon. And this week, our feedback comes from the Two True Freaks Facebook page for our Resistance episode, The Children from Tahar, which actually kind of ties in nicely because we were talking about them on this episode. So Yes, and... Uh... We have some fine, quality, rich Corinthian feedback from Paul C. Kelly. Ooh, yeah! Only the richest and finest. Every bit of feedback Paul Kelly selects by hand for quality and perfection. All right, so Paul C. Kelly says... I obviously forgot the title of this episode because I thought the children said they were from Dagar. That was making no sense where the rebel base was there. Makes more sense for it to be its own planet. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Also, Paul, I I know this is going to be like three weeks late, but belated happy birthday. <laughs> Happy birthday. Oh, yeah. I noticed it the day after on Facebook, and I was like, oh, no. I'm if, we, if we had candy, we'd we'd stick a candle in our candy, but it's another candy-free week. Yeah, we're going to have a lot of that. We have a lot of guests coming up in season two, so it's going to yeah. be... We're going to get into a fun, 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 fun time, so... All right, Chris. Where can people find you? You can find me at twotruefreaks.com. That's our website where we hold all the podcasts in their podcast cells until you come and free them and put them on your device and listen to them. You can sign up for our RSS feed there or at, like, say, Apple Podcasts or iTunes back when we signed up for it back in the old days. We are also on Facebook. We've got the Two True Freaks podcast page where we post every episode that anybody puts up. And you can see what's going on and comment on those or go to the Two True Freaks Cantina on Facebook, which is more sort of a lounge. It's a cantina. And we are also on the cesspool that they that men call Twitter. And our that cesspool is navigated by the mighty toadable man of Twitter, Gene Gene, the Twitter machine. I wonder if you can hear my clicks through. Where's my mic? Where's my mic? Can you hear that? Yes. Yay! <laughs> my, my, my laptop suddenly flashed like, why are you clicking so much? <laughs> On the Strangers in doing? Paradise audio drama, I just got to mix down a recording of Gene's character getting brutally beaten by a, a assassin woman beaten to an inch of his life so that was fun sorry Gene <laughs> Good job, he's, fi Gene. he's fine though 
He's fine. He's fine. He's fine. <laughs> but that's where they can find me. Where can they find you, Hope? You can find me at Jguys and Jedi on Twitter. I run our Twitter account. You can also find me at Hope Molinex on Twitter. I also write reviews over at GeekyGirlExperience.com, and by the time this episode comes out, I'm going to be writing Bad Batch reviews. So, because Bad Batch oh, starts tomorrow. Oh yeah, you are. By the time our, when now when does Bad Bad Batch come out? Does it is it going to be out like in the morning tomorrow? Is it like out at midnight well, tonight or something? Midnight, it's midnight Pacific. Time. So it's like 3 a.m. here or something yeah. like that. Okay, yeah. so... A lot of people like to stay up and watch it. I am not one of those people. I I'm will not... be sleeping and I will be watching it over my coffee. I'm, I'm resting resting my back. Maybe I'll watch it during the day. I don't know. I, yeah. I, I probably... Seven, I think it's a 70-minute opening, I think. I th- opening episode. Oh, really? Maybe I yeah. won't then. Maybe I won't get a chance to tomorrow till after we record... Oh man, I'll feel. I, I sort of want to see it because I don't want you just to be like, ah. Oh. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, here we go. Uh, I don't even mean on the show. I mean, before we even record the show, we'll, I know we'll be we'll both be able to be like, oh, blah 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 blah. But, yeah, the Bad Batch will make a special debut on on May fourth with a seventy-two minute episode, followed by one cow. new episode every Friday for the remainder of the release schedule. Holy so, cow! We're gonna get a seventy-two minute episode tomorrow, and then wow. on episode two comes out Friday. Wow! Mm-hmm. Oh my God, I have Friday off too. Wow! Oh my God, I'm hey, overloading, no. overloading, overload, I'm overload. So Overload, overload. That's a movie's worth of Star Wars this week. I know. Movie's worth of Filoni Star Wars. What happened the last time we got a movie's worth of Filoni Star Wars? It was pretty awesome, I think. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <sighs> anyway, so I will be writing Bad Batch reviews over at geekygirlexperience.com. And also, Chris and I have another podcast called Hope Makes Chris Watch Cartoons, where I yes. make him watch my favorite animated shows. We are in the process of wrapping up Gravity Falls, and we're about to start Avatar The Last Airbender. But before we do that, Chris is going to make me watch Rock and Rule. What's funny is all the people in the drama group, that when they heard I was going to watch Avatar, who all went, ooh, last night they were all talking about, they were talking about the Invincible cartoon and how they thought it was like kind of gratuitously violent and there were ways to do adult things without you know being this or that or blah 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 and then the, all of a sudden they were talking about steven universe and i got to go like hey you know what i'm watching after avatar is steven universe and then I, all of a sudden there was a chorus of people going Ooh, oh, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> they were talking about like they were talking about like having you know dark dark stuff in uh dark content in a story and still making that story you know human <laughs> and and like being able to have that story also be light and you know kid watchable or whatever not that not that the the invincibles is definitely tailored for adults but they were like you know i guess it was the same guy it's kirkman the guy who did the walking dead did invincible comics and it's like the walking dead where the comic is like way better you know the 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 tv show seems to be more exploitative it it seems more like focused on the super violent aspect of the whole thing because that's kind of what people are into i don't know i've never seen it i'm just talking shit yeah talk shit 
That's all I do. Talk That's shit, all I do. <laughs> anyway, so you can find us over there, and very soon we're going to be probably trying not to talk about Bad Batch, so. Chris! <laughs> I'll be I'll be going, hope, hope, we're going to get to Bad Batch. Chris, 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 Chris. <laughs> Chris. <laughs> anyway. Come back next week because. And then Hope will sneak it, sneak in like in our notes. She'll go like, at this point that the, about this show, but it's a lot like you know what it's a lot like the bad, bad batch. batch. <laughs> well, you should know. I will say, next week, if I unless my mind changes in season two, next week is my favorite episode of Resistance. Of all of Resistance. Of all of Resistance. Ooh. It's the one I've. It's the one with the. It's it's the one with. Uh, I was about to say the Holocaust, but it's the one with the Holocaust imagery, and it's so well done, and it's so deep, and it's so good. And un, unless my mind changes when we get go through season two, because I've only seen season two once, so like I, I will be as I rewatch season two for the first time, the second time through, my my mind could change, but if it doesn't, uh, next week we're talking about the disappeared, and it's my favorite episode of Resistance. That's cool, and for me, it's only tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I forgot we're recording it twice this week. I forgot. <laughs> well, that's fine. I can check about it tomorrow then. Not tomorrow for you guys. You guys have to wait another week. Yep. But tomorrow for us. Yay! <laughs> we're being productive. We are being productive, so. All right, you guys, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Visit our website at twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. You can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Two True Freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes, and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish, or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number two. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. Dumbass. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of Two True Freaks. This episode also ended up. Oh, excuse me.